Hello, friends, and welcome to the Moonlit Mind podcast. I am your host, Anna, and I just wanted to take a moment to welcome you to this space. Thank you so much for tuning into this conversation. And I wanted to record this episode, and this is perhaps a more vulnerable episode. But I do feel like this conversation is worth having and it's something that is very near and dear to my journey and it's a very timely topic also as um, I am coming up to my five-year anniversary on January 25th of being recovered from bulimia and that is a pretty significant ordeal and feat and you know five years I feel like is a pretty good marker of things and where I've been and where I am now that you know it's it's a good it's a good time to reflect on the past and the present and where i have really done a lot of work around and i think oftentimes if you're like myself you can fall into that trap of thinking and believing that you haven't really healed as much as you would like to think and get really fixated on what's left to heal and what you still struggle with and what still gets activated in you and what patterns and habits you still haven't quite fully resolved. And I know for myself, I can definitely focus on what still needs to be fixed or still needs to be healed and I think that's such a trap because you know along the healing journey it's you know if we approach ourselves as this endless project to be fixed and not a person to be loved then I feel like we're just doing our humanity you know a huge disservice and continuing to perpetuate this idea that we are broken and there is something wrong with us when in fact you know loving acceptance of even you know the uglier parts of ourselves is really how we bring transformation to those parts so that was something I definitely had to learn in my own healing journey and still in my healing journey because it never ends right you know the healing continue continues we don't reach this conclusive end point where everything is perfected and we're perfectly healed and you know it's it's a continuation so I've definitely learned that bringing myself more love and care and grace has been a huge part of the journey as well as 
that more, you know, masculine energy of boundaries and holding myself in a boundaried container. You know, I think we need both that divine mother energy of compassion and love towards self as well as that masculine energy of holding the boundaries firm and doing so out of love and respect for our beings so yeah I guess I just feel like you know it might be time to have this conversation and you know maybe I don't need to make this conversation a whole you know full-fledged history of my eating disorder but um maybe it's just a starting point you know a starting point of conversation so you know I get still a little bit nervous and anxious about sharing even though I have shared verbosely and um, publicly about my journey from an eating disorder and um, I've written a book about my healing journey and you can find that on Amazon it's called Coming Home uh, healing from an eating disorder by finding beauty and imperfection. So I wrote that at the start of the pandemic in 2020. And it was, you know, a labor of love. It was many, many years in the making of processing and deep work and introspection and deep therapeutical therapeutic um practices and understandings of myself and the whys behind <laughs> the behaviors and you know the spiritual lens and the trauma informed somatic lens and it was just really this deep dive into everything that I had already been through and you know just was ready to sit down and give a voice to so yeah, if you are interested, you're welcome to check that out. But um, yeah, I'll just kind of share some highlights of <laughs> the journey. Um, but yeah, my eating disorder uh, first developed when I was 12 years old. And, you know, I sometimes have a hard time verbalizing and encapsulating like what exactly was going on in my 12 year old psyche but in a nutshell I had switched from a private Christian school to a public school so from a very uh, small pond to a large pond and you know I was coming from a very close-knit group of friends and a very um comfortable web of you know what was known to me and you know what I knew to be true about the world even if it was a very stifled <laughs> bubble of existence and you know I was yeah I was kind of uh you know a part of the popular kids in that school and I didn't have really any fears too much so about being an outsider being an outcast or not belonging or you know 
not fitting in because I had that, you know, I had that security. I had that um, stability of who I was and where I fit in in this world. And, you know, I think at a certain point, I had the awareness to recognize the toxicity in that dynamic of friends and a lot of bullying behaviors and just really some nasty energy and I just had this shift in my consciousness where I just knew on some level that I needed to get out of that and that I was better than that and I needed to go find and explore what else was out there so you know I made the choice to switch schools so you know there's layers that come with that because I was the one that made the choice no one forced me to do it you know so I make this choice for myself because I think it's going to bring me um, a better you know worldview reality and situation that this one was I felt limited and um, really stuck in so I decided to switch right in the middle of middle school which you know was a very challenging time in and of itself in middle school but going in in the middle of middle school is you know people have already kind of started to make friends and here I was entering this whole new world and all the you know probably wounds that I carried that maybe I'd never touched upon before you know um, got activated and I felt deeply cast out you know like I was this foreign outsider in a strange new world and a world that I really didn't understand and I had a lot of you know naivety about it and um a lot of fear a lot of fear of who I was or how I would be perceived and you know deep deep fear of rejection from my peers and ridicule and criticism and judgment and really just went into a spiral of I would say freeze and shutdown response in my body and in my nervous system and shut my vitality and my life force down you know prior to that I was a very outgoing gregarious person and I totally shut down my verbal communication my expression I stopped communicating really I and I think once you shut down that life force you know there comes depression and anxiety and a lot of deep deep pain of being so 
deeply isolated from the rest of humanity and the rest of this group and social structure you know I I felt so deeply alone and invisible and at the same time I you know I wanted to be invisible and I didn't want for people to pay attention to me and because I felt just such a deep unworthiness and that there was something so innately wrong with me and why would anyone want to connect with me why would anyone care to see what was underneath this fear and this paralysis and yeah I think I subconsciously just decided you know with the shutdown response that not eating kind of just made sense so I you know developed anorexia and it was a fueled power thing where once I started to control what I was eating you know it felt like I had this morsel of power that I otherwise felt really powerless over my world and my emotions and how I was being perceived and all these other factors so you know the eating disorder gave me a sense of power and um, survival you know it allowed me to survive and I think probably without it you know, I don't know if I would have survived that time. So in a way, you know, there is a deep wisdom to these disorders, even if they feel, you know, totally chaotic and counterintuitive. Um, Yeah, so, you know, I entered into anorexia and really shut down and heavy heavy depression and suicidal ideation and um yeah I mean that's a time of my life where I look back and I have a lot of sadness and loss over because you know 12 13 years old I I lost a lot of my you know childhood in that sense in that time because I entered into this other realm and I've had to really go back and grieve all the things that I missed out on because of that. So, you know, um, and just a brief history, but my, you know, my lineage, my family unit there's a strong thread and cord of eating disorder behavior in my family and you know my mom my sister my cousin and myself have all struggled and you know I think there's just a subconscious programming in our field my family that we really tapped into you know all of us being 
very high achieving, perfectionist, um, anxiety prone humans who didn't really know how to process their own emotions or allow their own emotions to exist, I think an eating disorder was a safe way to avoid and numb and escape our emotional nature. So, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I kind of stayed in that phase of anorexia for about a year before my mom intervened and you know basically forced me to get help and you know I was not really interested in talking I didn't want to go to therapy you know I went but I never I never talked I just was so angry and so mad at the at the world and just everything that was happening and I was just very shut down to wanting to process what was going on in my inner world at that point in time but you know the one thing that got me out of the death grip of that phase was I ended up seeing a nutritionist who gave me, you know, a strategical map of counting and food groups and how many, you know, carbs or servings of carbs I needed. And for some reason, my brain, um, being a little bit more prone to OCD behaviors (laughs) and counting as a comfort, um, found a lot of solace and um you know also being a high achiever who wanted to reach goals and all of that I think it gave me just like something tangible to work toward you know gaining weight even though yeah there was no really strong weight association with my worth at that point in time so I didn't really have to like untangle that thread um I just kind of saw it as a goal to be met and I went at it and that's how I on the surface recovered um but in the deeper sense still carried those wounds and never really worked through those deeper held emotions until much later and you know kind of went about my adolescence in a normalish sense I started to gain friends and becoming a little bit more comfortable in this new world and um in myself and you know later in high school and I was delayed into puberty and getting my menstrual cycle and you know at the age of 17 is when I got it so you know I had a lot of bodily fixations around feeling 
very unwoman-like because of my delayed development. So I had a lot of internalized shame around my body and not feeling like I was truly a woman and there was something wrong with me. So I kind of always had that feeling throughout most of my life, whether it meant I was too thin or too small or too large. Um, There was always the underlying theme that there was something wrong with my body. So yeah, I, you know, started to settle into my, my body. And at that time, I saw this personal trainer and was just doing a few sessions with her and you know I was I was an athlete growing up I was very active and all of that but she ended up measuring my body mass index which as hopefully some people out there know is a really really inaccurate measure of anyone's health as it was made for men it was not made to take into account you know women and body fat needed and you know muscle composition and all these extraneous factors but you know of course at the time this authority figure being the personal trainer you know tells me I have an X number, you know, BMI and that it was above average and all I hear in my brain is just alarm bells <laughs> going off and the message is, you know, received loud and clear that there is something innately wrong and in need of being changed about my body. So which is very sad because I was feeling so healthy, so strong, so normal, and it just kind of all got ripped away. So, you know, I entered into the second bout of an eating disorder with a lot more intention and consciousness. Um, And I, you know, went into those deprivation and restriction behaviors, you know, more anorexia and controlling of my food. Um, But of course, at this time, I think I just didn't really have that capacity anymore to starve myself. And it just would flip to the other end of the spectrum where I would have, you know, binge episodes and you know, the only counter to that seemed logically in my mind to be purging. And, you know, that's when I kind of full-blown went into the bulimia. And that was a much longer stint, you know, from the age of 16 to 26. And, you know, it was a really, really dark time in my life when I really did not want to be here. And just that's all my world was, was 
just this dark cloud always hovering below uh, above my head and you know I got a lot of different types of therapy and outpatient therapy and hypnotherapy and you know it wasn't until college um, that I started my spiritual journey and you know that helped some but it wasn't until you know 25 years old when I just had done so much therapy and just was so frustrated at the lack of progression of consistent and stabilized recovery you know I would have a month where I would be fine and then I would have an episode but all the meanwhile of course you know I'm still trying to lose weight and restrict my food and be very obsessive about food and bulimia was just kind of this like rubber band effect that just balanced out that deep deep control mechanism so finally you know I dove off (laughs) the deep end and entered the realms of plant medicine and spiritual community and honestly was just willing to try anything and everything like because nothing had worked nothing had really stuck and at the same time I was deciding to go back to massage school to be a massage therapist and it was just kind of this perfect storm of events where you know plant medicine and psychedelics really have a way of just blowing the doors wide open and really just bringing everything up to the surface and I mean every ceremony it was just me you know just bawling my eyes out like grieving and crying all the tears that I had held in over you know 20 some years of my life and just all the pain and stories and stuff that was housed in my body you know with the self-harming behaviors of bulimia and it just all poured out of me and I just finally could release all of that energy that I had just plugged away and stuffed down so far into my body and my being. Um, You know, so just like allowing that emotional energy to come out and like move through me was the healing and plant medicine was the portal for me. And it wasn't, you know, this like, fix it all remedy like it took that in combination with stepping into the field as a body worker and moving out of my parents house and into a new city and just making these really clear boundaries with myself that you know purging was no longer an option so that was that was the boundary and I binged for the first, you know, probably six months to a year, but I never 
you know, engaged in the purging behavior and haven't since then. So the binging, you know, eventually tapered and, you know, I feel like seeking food for comfort and still those kind of numbing relief patterns still cycled throughout, you know, the next few years. And, you know, food to me was always a really safe way of getting these underlying needs met and numbing my emotions. So, you know, it's a pattern that has, you know, still kind of popped up every now and again in the sense that my psyche still wants to reach for that and even though I don't participate in those behaviors of you know extreme binging or numbing I I still can notice those veins of impulse and thought in my brain um but yeah I mean it took me so much (laughs) deep unwinding to get to where I am and you know five years being free from bulimia you start to really examine your recovery and how far along you really are if you still have thoughts about food and your body and exercise compulsions and you know there's there's so much more balance in my life these days but you know I still have threads and things that haven't fully vacated the premises so I guess I'm just learning you know the healing continues and deepens because there is so many layers it's, you know, this continuous spiral of unwinding and it doesn't mean we haven't done the work, you know, it doesn't mean we haven't um, worked through a lot of patterns, but there's just always going to be more to do and I think it's really important if you're on a healing journey maybe from an eating disorder or maybe from an addiction that we just really take time to pause and fully see the picture of ourselves and who we are now and how much effort and courage and strength it took to get to where we are now and that it really is so vast in comparison and yeah there's still things to face and still things to heal but we are so much more whole than we've ever been and that is something worth celebrating so you know I can look back on this last year and really see a lot of 
the cords within me around disordered eating patterns and how they kind of flared in response to a really intense physical illness and health crises and initiation that I went through and all these deeper layers got stirred and activated and you know did I regress back into bulimia no (laughs) did I you know take on this eating disordered worldview again you know I I don't know I'm still unwinding my relationship and changing relationship to my body and to food and to myself because you know I I know there's a lot of care and intention that I choose to put into food and um you know I do value the quality of food I put into my body and I know I have obsessive tendencies and fixations and all of that and you know at this point like I just acknowledge what I went through and what I survived this last year because it was one of the most intense experiences that I've been through I think since recovering from bulimia so I just have to have a lot of grace with myself in terms of what old you know thoughts or correlations around food wanted to creep up or you know obsessiveness or control mechanisms and you know I think There's just always another perspective to see these parts of ourselves and recognize that really they're just trying to keep us safe and it's about repatterning and reframing our relationship to those things and really telling shame to just fuck off because shame is an energy and a programming and an indoctrinating force that is not of our pureness and our truth. So um, yeah, that's kind of the journey and I think... I will probably start to wrap this up and I appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, This might be the first of a bigger conversation where maybe I want to dive into more of the nuances of the journey of healing from an eating disorder. But I just really wanted to mark this five-year window for myself and really just acknowledge these last five years of healing and growth and learning and self-reclamation and all the things in between. So I stand here a lot more integrated than I've ever been and I still carry remnants of the of the wounding of my past, but 
I relate to myself and those wounds with a lot more care and grace and acceptance and, you know, permission to exist. And I know that the healing will always continue as long as I'm alive. So if anyone out there is listening and you are on a journey of healing from an eating disorder, just know that I hear you and I see you. I see your struggle. I see your pain. I see your power. I see your heart. And I see your soul and its deep wisdom in guiding you back to the wholeness of your body and being. And just know that you are never alone and you're never cast out in this journey of healing your relationship to your body and to food. And on that note, (laughs) I will end this conversation and perhaps have a later conversation about these topics, but I am sending you all so much love and gratitude. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode and I will talk to you all soon.